0: Good evening, good evening, and welcome. This is Pam Heath, the Yes Coach, and welcome to the science of yes. So, we are here every Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and I'm your hostess. I call myself the Yes Coach. Um, Every week, we examine the energy of yes and how you can leverage that energy with your belief system and your powerful mindset and the power of yes to create an extraordinary, prosperous life by design. So what I do is I'm a life coach and a business strategist. And what I specialize in is helping you to break down the emotional barriers that block you from what you're committed to achieving in life. My background is in personal development, communications, team management, and organization, coupled with years of empowering individuals to achieve their best results. I spent a lifetime as a legal administrator and an operations manager. And I also spent many years focusing on leading impactful transformational programs. And I will work with you to enhance your ability to create an extraordinary life that you absolutely love. I call myself a yes coach. And the process I designed is the science of yes. So join me every week on my show here on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. And I'll guide you in having it all. You don't have to let your fears keep you frozen in place. Take on life and everything it has to offer say yes to life you can visit my website at www.yescoachforyou.com that's www yes coach the number 4 and the letter u.com sign up you can um, sign up for my ebook there it's a free download It's called the Yes Blueprint, Scale Your Business to Win. Come on my program and get answers to your questions. Callers are welcome. I can answer questions regarding you starting a business or creating your business plan or anything around getting your business going. I can support you. I focus on conscious professionals as well as creative artists. I'm not a psychic and I don't do readings, but you can be amazed at how I can support and guide you if you want life, career, and even romance guidance. Coming from the energy of yes, anything is possible. The call-in number is 760-888-5700. That's 760-888-5700. Again, my name is Pam Heath, and I am the Yes Coach. And I'm very excited tonight. I have just launched my, my new book. It's called Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of your dream, and in that book, I give you step-by-step instructions on how to craft and design the life that you love, and I'm going to read some excerpts from that book tonight. Before I do, I want to talk a little bit about what it is to design the life of your dream. I can answer questions. I can also support you in what you're up to. A lot of times, I find that many people, they very much want um, to have a powerful, empowered life and it, it's just impossible for them. You know, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to do it. And um, what they want is guidance, support, and, a, you know, like a guide map, a, a GPS, so to speak, of where to turn left, where to turn right, and how to get started on the journey to a life that you love. So um, join here with me every week. We talk about the energy, yes, but specifically in my book, Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dreams, we're gonna give you access, a roadmap, literally, to how you can have your life show up the way you want it to. So, you know, if you if you've been um, living your life and finding yourself being disappointed, this is a book that you can definitely count on to give you access to finding what it takes. Where's the magic pill that you need to take so that your life shows up the way you want it to, the way you envision it? You know, having a future that's given by your vision and your possibilities, that's the only way to go. So in the book, a lot of things to take on, but mostly the book gives you access to the seven steps, the seven areas of life you want to focus your energy on and you want to leverage the energy of, F, of yes because these are the areas that are most important to you. Inside the book, in the beginning, before I launch into um, the different areas of life. And there's seven different areas of life that I'm talking about where you can actually design the life of your dreams. Um, I'll talk a little bit about those areas, but right now I'm going to read an excerpt from my book, Say Yes. Um, This excerpt is Living Your Life by Design. And um, I'm just going to read it, and then I'm talk a little bit about it. And then I'll tell you about the seven areas of life that are outlined in the book. The book is now available on Amazon.com. It's called Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dream. And I'm going to read an excerpt called Living Your Life by Design. It's your job to design positive environments that support you in having a full life and having a life that you love. Here is an exciting thought. In playing the game of life, I want you to consider something. Would you believe me if I said to you, you're always winning the game you're playing? You see, life is a game. You are already playing this game. I'm pointing it out to you, but it's already happening. You are winning whatever game you are playing. If that game is undistinguished, it doesn't matter. You're still winning. You are always winning whatever game you are playing. Do you want to know what you're committed to in life? Look around you, what you've got. Regardless of how you feel, you're currently taking the actions that gave you the results that you currently have. Do you want different results? Take different actions. The first step to living that life of your dreams, the life you want of freedom, ease, and abundance, is to distinguish for yourself the game you're playing and alter it if need be. So you're taking the actions correlate to that match the commitments you have in life. Consider the people around you and the environments you are designed for yourself. Do these environments have you focus on the areas you excel in, or are they a constant reminder of what you are doing wrong? Do you have friends and family that are cheering you on, or naysayers always being negative or bringing up your shortcomings? to having in your life will start by building environments that support what you want to have. Doing so creates a situation where the actions you take fit directly into the building blocks leading to what you need that then leads you to the exact results you're committed to having. An excellent example of this is your belief system. For example, how many of you are not a morning person? You say that to yourself and you believe it. Therefore, you live your life inside of it. You take actions that a person who is not a morning person would take, and you believe that is who you are. Let me tell you something. Just because we feel something doesn't make it true. How many of you are afraid of the dark? Do you know why? Feeling scared of the dark is real. The fear is real. But just because you are afraid, it doesn't mean that there is something to fear. Just because you have a hard time waking up when the alarm goes off doesn't mean you can't wake up on time. These feelings are real, and I'm not trying to undermine how you feel. But just because you don't feel powerful doesn't mean you aren't powerful. Being courageous is not the absence of fear. You can have your feelings just as they are, and you can also still take the actions correlated with what you're committed to having in your life At the same time, yes, you can. Think about what you admire in people who accomplish things in the face of the most incredible odds. I'm easily moved and end up crying when I see those YouTube videos of people like Mandy Harvey, a young girl who loved to sing. And one day, when she was six years old, she hearing and thought she would never sing again. Mandy performed on the TV show America's Got Talent. And I wept as I watched how she managed to sing and get the golden buzzard from Simon Cowell, a man not easily impressed. And though she could not hear, she loved music and was unstoppable to have what she loved in life, no matter the circumstance. Remember the teenager, Bethany Hamilton, the girl who lost her arm while surfing to a vicious shark attack, depicted in the film Soul Surfer. She continued with her life becoming an award-winning surfer. It's so moving. Don't you agree? It's also inspiring. We are inspired when people go beyond what we think is possible. These people make a difference in our lives when they share their obstacles and how they pushed past them to achieve success. By the way, I might as well say this now. Telling yourself that people like Mandy or Bethany are special people is just an excuse to get you off the hook for creating an extraordinary life. People like Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King, even Abraham Lincoln, are in this category. Telling yourself there was something unusual about them, but that's not me. I'm just an ordinary human and I'm not perfect, and I can't always do important significant things. They can, but I can't. I'm not like them. let me set you straight. Those guys, they are regular, ordinary human beings. No kidding. They just got committed to something and only took the actions their commitments dictated in the face of fear, worry, and everything else they were facing. They did it anyway. Their efforts were not dictated by how they felt in the moment. And not might be wrong, Influential, passionate people like those I spoke of have intense feelings. They're just not used by their emotions. They do what is necessary to forward what they want, emotions in tow, present but not running the show. And so can you. So you can wrap up the yes strategy like this one, get committed to something. Do whatever it takes to forward what you're committed to. Take the appropriate action so. It happens no matter what. Two, release however you feel about these actions you're about to take and take the steps. Do it. Say yes. Keep your focus on what you want and be intentional in producing the result. And that was three. Four, surround yourself and your environment with positive reinforcement, friends, and associates who empower you. Get rid of the negative Nellies in your life. Five, take action.
1: Actions
0: daily towards your goals no matter what. You will succeed in a way that matters for you. Do you happen to know the parable of the starfish? Once you read it, you might realize you've heard it before. It's quite old and quite pertinent to our conversation. One day... An old man was walking along a a beach that was littered with thousands of starfish that had been washed ashore by the high tide. As he walked, he came upon a young boy who was eagerly throwing the starfish back into the ocean, one by one. Puzzled, the man looked at the boy and asked what he was doing. Without looking up from his task, the boy simply replied, I'm saving these starfish, sir. The old man chuckled aloud, son, there are thousands of starfish and only one of you. What difference can you make? The boy picked up a starfish, gently tossed it into the water, and turning to the man said, I made a difference with that one. The parable of the starfish is a very inspirational and full of hope story. However, there are many layers to this story. I'm going to now tell you a story. Following is a story that happened to my cousin, Tony. He's a few years older than me, and back when my cousin was in high school, he attended a school in South Central Los Angeles that was known for its violence, gangs, and other unsavory activities. Attending school was like taking your life in your hands five days a week. Of course, this was many years ago, and the school may still be like that or not. I don't know. This school was like the school depicted in the film Stand and delivered. My cousin and his younger brother, Billy, were having a hard time going to school. Forget getting educated. They were getting beat up, chased home, and robbed every day at school, and it was becoming unbearable. One day at the end of his rope, my cousin Tony sat in agony at the thought of going to school that day, knowing he would be tortured, beaten, and chased home. He had had enough. He stuck into his mother's room, and took the gun he knew she kept there for protection in the ghetto, and everybody owned guns. He slipped her gun into his backpack. He knew today was the day he would kill this one particular bully. In his mind, it was either kill or be killed. He thought that was his only choice. Today was the day. He went to school grimly, knowing he would not be coming home, either because he was in prison or dead. There was an assembly that morning, and Tony attended, waiting for his opportunity to put an end to his suffering. Lo and behold, the meeting was because a famous African-American actor had come to the school to speak to the kids. Many black actors of that time went to ghetto schools to encourage to the kids about life after school. So many were not surviving junior high and high school due to gang violence, and this was how they gave back to the community. The actor, Greg Morris, from the television show Mission Impossible. Mr. Morris spoke eloquently of what it takes to choose a career and stick with it. He assured them that there was life beyond school and gang violence, and anything was possible if you were willing to go for your dreams. He was moving, inspirational, and powerful, and even the hardcore gang members in the auditorium stood and stopped clapping for this incredible actor. Tony was not only moved, but he was inspired by this man who seemed to be speaking directly to him, extorting him not to give up and work towards a future, a future that Tony hadn't been present to until that moment, a future past school. As Mr. Morris was leaving at the inn, Tony joined the stampede of students swarming around him as the actor made his way to the exit. He signed autographs and shook hands, and just as he was about to be swept into the, his vehicle, and away from the school, Tony pushed his way to the curb and shouted, Mr. Morris, Mr. Morris, please, I need to speak with you. Greg Morris had an entourage of bodyguards who shoved Tony away from the car. No, no, Mr. Morris is leaving now. Greg Morris hesitated, then waved again and entered his car. Tony shouted, please, Mr. Morris, I have to speak to you. It has to be now. Greg leaned out and studied Tony for a moment. He then gestured for his bodyguard, who pushed Tony into the car, and Tony found himself sitting in Greg Morris' car in the back seat. So there he was, sitting right next to the famous actor for Mission Impossible. Greg smiled gently at Tony, and Tony burst into tears. He told Mr. Morris that he had brought a gun to school that day and had intended to use the weapon to kill a boy who had been tormenting him all school year. After hearing him speak, He no longer wanted to continue the cycle of violence, and he wanted to tell Mr. Morris that his speech had made a difference with him. Greg frowned at this and asked Tony where the gun was now. In my backpack, he told him. He explained the nightmare of attending this school and how he was stuck there because of his address. He had to attend that school. Greg Morris listened intently and then asked Tony, where did he get the gun? It's my mother's gun, Tony told him and he begged him not to tell his mother. My, mu- my cousin was a strapping six foot two tall, and he sat there begging this man not to tell his mother. This muscular young man feared his mother, as most boys do at that age. Greg Morris gave him the gun, which Tony did. Mr. Morris took the gun and told Tony to stay out of trouble, and he said to Tony he would try to help as best he could. Then Greg Morris asked Tony to write down his address, which Tony did wondering why he wanted it. Was this famous actor really intending to come to his house, not in his neighborhood, in the ghetto? Tony exited the vehicle, not sure what Mr. Morris was going to do and concerned what was going to happen with his mother's gun and how he was going to explain its absence to her. The next day, around 6 p.m., a Lincoln Town car pulled up to Tony's house. At the time, Tony wasn't home. He was off with his friends. He heard the story of what took place from his mother. Greg Morris and his lovely wife, Leona, arrived at Tony's house and spoke with his mother, Johnny. Johnny was shocked to find this famous actor at her door and wouldn't let them come in, into her house. She ended up speaking to them in their car, sitting in their back seat while Greg Morris explained why he was there. Greg told her he came to return her gun. Mr. Morris then gave it back to her, admonishing her not to punish Tony. It took courage for him to admit he came to school with the intent to kill and to give him the gun and agree not to take any action against his tormentors. Greg shared with Johnny that he and his wife had two children, a boy and a girl, and he knew what it was to have children that be concerned about their welfare. He encouraged her to get her sons out of that school, whatever she had to do. Don't punish Tony, he told her get him and his brother out of that school. After spending over an hour speaking with her, Greg Morris and his wife left. Johnny had been trying to get her sons out of the school they attended for some time, but had no recourse since they were attending. The story I heard from my father's point of view because he traveled down to Los Angeles from where we lived in Northern California and with his mother's support, he arranged for my cousin to attend another school. The difference one man was able to make in my cousin's life has paid forward for two generations of my family. One person can make a difference. Now I'm going to stop right there. That excerpt that I just read you from my book, That's a True Story, I was sharing about what it is to make a difference with another human being. And I wanted you to hear from my point of view and from my family's point of view, how one person can make that kind of difference with one conversation. And the impact and the legacy it has on the future of that person. And that's the kind of impact that Greg Morris had on my family when he had that interaction with my cousin and with his mother. And that kind of impact is also available to you in your life. You can make that kind of difference with the people in your life, with the people who you live with, with the people that you work with with the people that you impact if you own a business. It's everything to do with what you're willing to take on inside of the science of yes. If you are a yes to life and you are accepting that life works for you, then everything you say and everything you want comes to pass. Why? Well, here's the thing. You've got to know that everything you do has an impact. If you're coming from the energy of yes, You're coming from a place that's not just positive, okay? It's not just powerful, but it's the way that life works. I say, given that I am the yes coach, I am the person who teaches people to have the most difference in their life. And this incident that happened between Greg Morris and my cousin and his mother, is one example of how one person can make a difference. Now I'm going to read you another excerpt from my book, Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dream. You can purchase this book right now on Amazon. If you just go to amazon.com and look for the book, Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dream, or look for my name, Pamela Heath, and my book will pop up. You can purchase the book either as a paperback or as an ebook. Coming up soon in the next two months, there will be an audible version of my book with me reading it, just as I'm reading it for you tonight. I'm hoping that you're getting value out of reading my book, which just launched last week. I'm so excited and so wanting to have as many people as is possible be able to have the work and have the energy and have the things that are distinguished in my book, available to you on a daily basis. So I'm going to read this excerpt, the excerpt from my book, Say Yes. It's from um, the chapter called You Gotta Have Faith. And this is from Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dream by Pamela Heath, me, the Yes coach. You gotta have faith. So now I'm going to share with you a scene from a movie. Remember, I warned you. I use movie analogies in my coaching a lot, so it's a teasy, la-dee-da movie, and most people would not want to admit this, but it brings me to tears every time I see this movie and this particular scene. It's so compelling, I'll tell you about the film, so you have a context for why this scene is so emotional for me, but don't laugh, please. Oh, okay, you can laugh. I can't see you anyway. So go ahead and laugh at me. No, it's not Charlotte's Web, though that movie made me cry, too. The name of the movie? Angels in the Outfield. If you've never seen this movie, stream it soon. It's a nifty little movie and one of the greatest Disney films. I admit it. I'm a Disney fan. Black Panther, anyone? The film is about this foster kid, Roger, played by a very young and adorable Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Who is a huge fan of the Anaheim Angels, even though in this film they're the worst team in the major leagues. Roger estranged father, who has lost custody of him, promises to reunite the family when the Angels make it to the World Series. He, of course, makes this promise because he knows it will never happen. It's his way of letting his son know that they will never get back together. Understanding baseball as he is a huge fan. Roger, taking to heart his father's promise, prays one night for divine intervention so that the angels will win the World Series so he and his father can reunite. Enter Al, a real angel, played by one of my favorite actors, Christopher Lloyd, who appears in response to Roger's fervent prayers. Moved by his plea, heaven has sent angels to help the Anaheim Angels win the World Series. The coach of the team, Coach Knox, played by Danny Glover, knows he's coaching a bunch of losers, and he's resigned to their fate. He's shocked to see his team is suddenly on a winning streak. Out in the outfield, unbelievable things start taking place. Players leap to catch balls and run to tag bases and appear to fly in the air. We as the audience can see the Angels as they support the team players, but None of the characters in the film can see the Angels in the outfield except Roger. He can see them and which players the Angels are focusing on in any given moment. He explains all this to the coach, and they devise a signal for when Roger sees an Angel. He stands and flaps his arms up and down, game after game. The Angels win as they move slowly through the season and closer to the World Series. Unfortunately, the story of the Angels gets out somehow, and the coach finds himself at a podium in front of a press conference, surrounded by the news media who demand to know, does he really believe that there are angels out there on the baseball field helping his team win? The silence from the press was thick as they awaited answer. Will he state publicly that he believes in angels and that the angels are helping his team win. It has been made clear to the coach by his employer that he must not publicly admit to this insane belief or he will lose his job. So he stands in front of the press. His boss is sitting nearby gruffly awaiting the denial. The coach not is looking at Roger was also at the conference, and he gives this speech. So I'm going to read the speech that Coach Knotch gives at this press conference. And pretend, even though I'm speaking, pretend you're hearing this speech, Danny Glover's voice. You know, there are a lot of times in sports when... There's no logic or explanation for why things happen. Sometimes the player gets hot and goes beyond their physical ability. Is it just adrenaline? I don't know. Do you believe that there are times in life when something stronger, higher, or maybe spiritual is with us? I can't explain it. but something has happened to my players this year. Something that has changed the way they play and the way I manage. You can call it faith. You can call it angels. You can call it whatever you want. Has the coach admitted that there are angels in the outfield? His boss is standing, and he is angry. He moves towards him. It's clear Knox is about to get fired. But then... His entire team stands and states without hesitation to the man that they would play for no other coach. And if he goes, they go. The team is now on its way to the World Series. No way are they going to fire the coach of the team who refuses to play without him. Arousing and heartwarming scene. But wait, that's not the scene that I'm talking about that makes me cry. I'm setting the context so you understand the background when I tell you. Faith is on the line here. What's on the line is faith and the belief in something higher, some spiritual power that creates miracles. Wait for it. Okay. So reluctantly, the owner of the team allows the coach to remain, and the World Series opens with the Angels playing the game of their life. Grammarly does more than catch error. Now, sorry, something jumped in there. Apologize for that. They have to, however, when they get out on the field, Roger notices that there's no angels present. Roger notices this because there are no angels there. Al comes and tells Roger that the angels cannot help them win the pennant. They have to earn that on their own. Those are the rules of angel intervention. Roger and the angels will not be helping them with this game, but it appears that the season of playing and winning has actually trained the team. They're holding their own without the Angels. However, as it comes down to the wire, they need a pitcher who can pitch a no-hitter. Their pitcher, who was played by Tony Danza, is a washed-up player with an old injury that has prevented him from active play for years. With the Angels helping, he was able to shine, but without the Angels, he begins to fade, and he looks like he cannot go the distance. And he can't pitch. And this last inning, which will make or break the Angels winning the pennant, he has to throw like he has never thrown before. Coach Knox has to choose replace him immediately with another pitcher or convince him to take this on and take the team to victory. Be mind. Now here comes the scene. The scene that moves me so much that even as I'm writing this, my eyes are welling up. Coach Knox goes to Roger and tells him that they need to give the pitcher access to courage to take on this final pitch for the game, for the win. They need to provide him with the hope that he can do this. He's afraid. and His fear is so big, he can't imagine pitching any longer. So Knox tells Roger, give the signal, the signal that the Angels are here. Now there have been no angels throughout the whole game, but Coach Knox tells Rogers to give the signal, even though the players know there's no angels there, because he knows that if the pitcher sees the sign, he sees the signal, he'll be empowered and thinking angels were there supporting them, he would pitch the game of his life. So at first Rogers hesitates because it's a lie. There are no angels at this game. But reluctantly he stands and begins to flap his arms. Think about it, he seems almost in tears. Now, beaming with excitement, Coach Knox goes out to the field to speak to the pitcher. And the pitcher watches Coach Knox approach him and you can see the defeat in his eyes. He knows that he is about to be benched. And he tells Coach Knox he's through. His pain and fear are written all over his face. So tangible, you could actually feel it through the music screen. I got no more, he tells Knox. I'm done. But Knox laughs. Everything is going to be all right. There was an angel with him right now, there to support him. The pitcher looks at him with surprise. Right now, an angel? Knox shrugs. There must be, he tells the pitcher, points to Roger. There's the signal. The pitcher looks, and there stands Roger, flapping his arms. The signal that the angels are present and everything was going to be all right. The pitcher straightens, and you can see the determination in his eyes as he begins to feel more confident. The angels are here. It will give me the strength to continue. But suddenly something unexpected begins to happen. Back at the dugout, each team player rises and begins to flap their arms up and down, just like Roger. And suddenly, up in the stands, all the fans in the stadium also rise. They all stand up and begin to to flap their arms up and down. Over in the announcer's booth, the news media, including the owner of the team, stand and flap their arms. You can almost see the image of people all over the nation watching the World Series on their TV, stand up in their living rooms and begin slapping their arms. Everyone all over the country giving the signal, the signal that the angels are here and you're going to be okay. Everything is going to be all right because you can do this. you got this. But here's the thing that brings tears to my eyes every time I see this scene is that All of them, the players, the audience, the staff, the world are opening their hearts and their minds to a faith that there is a higher power, and we know it is here, and you will win the day because we got you. We got you. We believe. It's an incredible scene. and as Coach Knox turns to look at the picture, you can see was there, and he believes everything the pitcher needed to win that game was right here within him. He didn't need Angels. The entire stadium, the whole nation was supporting his courage to pick up that ball and pitch. The Angels won the World Series in this film. Did you ever doubt it? No. Are you wondering why the heck I spent time and space to recreate a scene from some hokey Disney movie in a book about the science of yes? For you, the reader, I want you to think of me slapping my arms as you take on your life. That's the signal. Believe you can have anything you want. Say yes. If you are the last, party, if you are the least intrigued and have an opportunity to watch the scenes that I just described for you. In the background, you'll hear the music swell, audience in the stands, and everyone stands up and flaps their arms. And this incredible music score emphasizes the power present with everyone sourcing the picture. And this book will source you the same way. you have angels with you, guardian angels, Who give you empowerment and source your dreams? You got this. So when your monkey mind gets too loud and too forceful, think of me, flapping my arms, smiling at you. You got this. So I'm going to give you something to do. Do this. Go to YouTube and search for Angels in the Outfield, The Wave. Now this is the music that plays as everyone stands and gives the signal in the film. Take this music and place it on your smartphone or your iPad. And play it when you are defeated, depressed, or upset, or afraid, okay? I'm going to play it for you now so you can hear what it sounds like, so you know that you found the right tune. You can put it on Spotify. You can put it on Shazam, wherever you want to, but keep it near so that when you need it, it's available for you. Three minutes, and I'm going to play it for you now. And I want you to listen for going out and finding this music for yourself. But here it is angels in the outfield, the waves. Thank you. this music, put it on your iPhone, put it on your iPad, put it where you can easily access it, that powerful, powerful song from Angels in the Outfield, I want you to play that music and think of me slapping my arms up and down when the actions you take don't produce the results you want, think of me giving the signal, you got this, believe me. You got this. Don't forget what you're up to and what you're creating. Believe. Don't give in to your monkey mind. Believe. Keep the faith and remember you got this. Believe. Say yes. I wanted you to hear that music because it moves me. But this is a mindset proposition. What are you willing to take on? What are you wanting in life? What actions are you willing to take? Can you take? Not able to take? Are you able to take actions that forge your passions in life? Yes, you can. The universe will conspire to give you what you want when you are willing to stand up and say you want it. And then you're willing to take the actions that will lead you to the promised land. And everyone has moments of doubt and fear. And what defines the person who lives to conquer their worries is their ability to take action when they don't want to. Remember the equation, commitment plus action equals results. So I'm not trying to say that there are not things that are outside of your control. There are tons of things we can't control. So you must remember that life is pitching balls. You're at a baseball game, and life is the pitcher, and you're the bat. You're at bat and just trying to hit the balls that life is pitching. But here is the strategy of yes. Shift your energy and focus away from what you cannot control and point them at what you can control. The things that you can deal with and take action around, do that. And as it goes, my experience is that what is not really in your control is other people. What you can control is you. So how about this? Stop trying to manage and control other people. Cut it out. Find out you're, you're up to something that you're trying to control your partner or your family member or your associate. Most likely the actual problem is you. So stop and turn that key eye back on yourself. You don't need to focus on what they need to do or should be doing in your infinite wisdom. Focus that same energy into what you can take on for yourself in your life. Stop trying to control everyone. It's annoying for them, and it doesn't work. Stop it. So you find yourself around a negative, complaining, judgmental person, and you feel yourself getting sucked in. Shift your focus to something positive. See if you can shift their conversation as well. Practicing that will give you a whole new lease on life in the yes lane. Try it. Exercise your power by moving forward with your goals. Your power doesn't exist inside of your feelings. And I realize that may be hard to hear. Your commitment will give you the key to your potential. You act and the actions fuel your power. Look for ways to be yes. The good news is, yes attracts yes. When you set yes in motion, people who resonate with yes will be drawn to you and will appear and unite to support and maintain your momentum. Keep your focus on what you're committed to in life, and life will cooperate and deliver your dreams. So that is from the Design Your Life excerpt from my book, Say Yes, The Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dream. And this book is now available on Amazon by Pamela Heath, the Yes Coach, Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dreams. So um, I've been reading excerpts from my book ever since it launched last week. And um, I see we have a a caller. I don't know if they want to ask me a question, but I don't want to just keep talking if someone wants to ask me something. So I'm going to open up the line and see who this is. Hi, you're on live with Pam Heath. Yes, Coach. Who's this?
1: Hi. Hi.
0: Hi. If you're just Hi. listening and you don't oh, want to ask anything.
1: Yes, uh, I was in a very strange space today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think I lost one of my clients and, um, you know, he canceled on me, whatever. And, uh, and I just haven't been able to shake it off. And it's so he just really...
0: But you have a feeling that he's actually quitting you. He
1: he said that he found somebody cheaper and that I wasn't going to go down my scale and that he's going to try it out, and if it doesn't work, he'll come back.
0: Got it. Okay, and so you lost a client because he was trying to get cheaper.
1: Yeah. He found okay, somebody cheaper, it. and I haven't been able to – uh, I haven't been able to shake it off and then I double booked other people like it was just a mess.
0: Yeah, it got in your it got in your space and you you were kinda like discombobulated.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel. He got into my space. I'm trying to been trying yeah. to clear myself all day almost and it's been a work in progress. It's been very hard to shake this off.
0: I understand. It's it's understandable. There's a recession on. There's a pandemic. There's stuff going on, and it's hard to relate to the loss of the client. Like, oh, well, you know, it, yeah. it kinda, it kinda in, it's impactful. Okay? kind yeah. One of the things I can yeah. offer you. Yeah. yeah, of course it is. I understand. One of the things I can offer to you is that in order for you to clear yourself, because it impacted everything that went on afterwards, it's like you're well, – it's almost as if you're wobbly, you know, like like yeah. when you hit a, hit a tuning fork it and it goes, and you're kind of wobbling, and that's the impact it had on you.
1: Yeah, it's a weird guy, I have to say. The energy isn't that good. If, if I feel this much of an impact, I, I'm glad he's gone.
0: Well, yeah, and true, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of, you know, I was sharing about my book and, and how you the energy of yes, yeah, Inside of that, um, I can say to you, I've learned a lot of things in my life. And one of the things that I've learned is a very huge trust and faith that everything that happens, happens for a reason. And if it happened, there's a reason it happened. And, you know, it's not to say that good riddance, you know, the guy might come back. He might say, you know what, I tried somebody else, but nobody's as good as you. And I needed that lesson. I needed to go so I could know what I had in you, so I'm back. And you wouldn't want to say, well, you just get out of here because if you quit before, I don't want you back. It it wouldn't go down like that, would it?
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be – I don't need to be better than anyone or worse
0: than anyone. It
1: doesn't matter.
0: Well, it's an authentic – let me see. How can I say this effectively? If you don't feel good about him as a client, it's a, it's authentic if you don't want him back. I don't mean to shove him on you. I mean, if he really is, I don't think leaving he... you with. Yeah, I know.
1: I don't want to go down that He may or may not. Gonna... It doesn't matter. He may or to may me. not come like, back. It matters to me what happened. and Yeah, the well, impact. yeah, I mean, of course, the if impact. he came back, I, I would have been like, holy crap, I was hurt so much. And now you're back? It's not that easy.
0: But but it's it's not that hard. What I'm trying to get across to you is that it's not personal. You weren't rejected. No. It's not like he said, and you smell bad too, so by the way I'm leaving. It's not like that. It's not personal. He said, I you know, there's a recession on. There's a pandemic. People are watching their pennies. He says, i I I like your service and I'm gonna see if I can find someone to do the same thing for less money. So see you later, yeah. bye. And it's not personal. It's not like he's insulting you. Right. He just simply said, "I need to tighten my belt." A lot of people are doing that right now, and those of us who are self-employed are feeling the pinch. He's working. You know. I get that. No, I get oh. that. I'm not trying to judge and evaluate whether he
1: should have left. You no, know, the he, people he that have money freedom. are the. Yeah. So he has but freedom to leave. That that's the. that's fine you're
0: clearly what's your
1: name honey what's your name it's
0: susan susan he hurt your feelings is what
1: happened yeah do you get that hurt your
0: feelings you got hurt and all i'm saying is that's not on him people say hello i know that
1: i've been trying to heal
0: I'm trying I've been to, help trying you to heal, heal, if you'll let me not by you're blaming to receive, him but but you are.
1: Yeah. No. Are no, him. I'm not. No, he's if, if not you say so. Hard that he left, I know it's but... hard,
0: trust me. I know it's hard, but it is his fault. I'm clear about that and you know, I'm over here in California. Okay. okay? I don't no, know it's the guy not and and I'm clear. Fault it's his that fault. my
1: feelings got hurt. He did what right. he had to do. Ever. He
0: did what he felt he had to do.
1: But I mean, he my could have asked. Are so overreacting. He could have asked.
0: He could have asked. Is there any way I can negotiate a price with you? Because I'm trying to tighten my belt. He didn't do that. He just left, saying, "You're too expensive. I'm going to go find somebody cheaper." And that's perfect. yeah. He
1: said, "I feel the won't. Won't.
0: Yeah well, whatever, let's forget about him for the minute and just deal with your feelings. And the matter is that it shook you because you were left with, well, wait a minute, in a way, and this is what I'm hearing, it could not be, you know, it could be that I'm not right about this, but in a way it's landing like, well, are my service is so easily
1: dismissed. Yeah. Um, uh. Yeah, I'm so easily dismissed, not even my exactly. services. Exactly. Like I, well, the yeah work that I do. Okay, it's clear that it's
0: personal, as so, I said. Sure. But in reality, that's the way it landed. But I'm asserting to you, and I'm only asserting it because I'm a coach, that may not have been his intention. Right. Okay? He may not have come there to, you know, with a handlebar mustaches and you know, tying you to the railroad tracks. It may not have been intentional to hurt you. No. He just was trying to make his escape because he wanted to go find somebody cheaper. It really is that simple. But why it impacted yep. you is because of what I said. It left you with, am I, am I that easily dismissed? I mean, Jesus, I would think that you are are enjoying the services. Give me the opportunity to negotiate the price. No, you know,
1: I'm non-negotiable. It, is, I, I'm non-negotiable. Sorry, that's not going to go neg- that you way. Know,
0: I believe you, but he didn't ask I
1: told you. him that already.
0: Oh, he already knew that better than to try to negotiate.
1: Yep. I'm non-negotiable. Gotcha.
0: Okay, well then, let me ask you this. If you're non-negotiable and he wants to negotiate with someone who is negotiable, then why is it so personal that he left?
1: Um, because I I kind of liked working with him. I liked it.
0: Here's the thing. If you draw a line in the sand and you say, over this line, you, you cannot cross. Because if you cross it, it's non-negotiable. And he says, okay, then I'm going. Then you drew the line. Why is it hurt yeah. so much? Because you're rejected over there. You're rejected. But you drew the line. Yeah. If you draw the line, it has to be authentic for you you have to be able to to be reconciled it is
1: still hurt. it still hurts i get
0: that i get that it hurts and i understand i feel it the had same way
1: i to choose myself rather than be tortured by the fee Don't that I, that would be lower that would be worse than i would have been tortured throughout and i wouldn't be able to go back to my feet. and i would have well, been giving you... My service is for free, babe. For me, to me, it's like free. No,
0: it was non-negotiable. I'm, I'm clear. This is how much it costs. You can't go to Ralph's and say, "Can you give me that cabbage for ten cents?" Because that's not what it
1: costs. It's non-negotiable. Yeah, this is what it costs. I already gave you him know, a com- huge discount to begin with. He,
0: he had to go. You need to let it go. He had to go. You need to let it go. Let it go. If you if Ugh, you're having a hard time even letting come it into go,
1: my life is. He had to go. Break no, break there down. was a reason. I'm
0: telling you, everything happens for a reason. There was something for him to learn from you, and something from you to learn f- from him. You learned what you needed to learn, and now he's moving on. It's what it's right to set learn up that to way. Maybe very good. It could be that that's why he came into your life so that you could learn to let go. Because it's non negotiable. Yeah. You you won't negotiate price. He wants to negotiate price. He got to go. And you need to learn to let go. And how you let go, Susan, is you let go. There's no, it's like Yoda says, there is no try. Let go. He's gone. And don't let it impact your current clients like you're operating with them like you're not present because you're still wondering about this guy. You let go. It's not personal. It's not about, it's not like he, you know, has some, Thing going on with you. He just wants to pay less money for the same service. May I ask what kind of service you provide? Is
1: it massage? Uh, it's, like, it's like interior design. Like you redesign the interior.
0: Mhm. So he felt like he wanted to go shop around and get uh, somebody
1: that costs less money. God bless yeah. him. Send him on his way. Yeah, the door is wide open. Exactly. Except in this is my what head. It costs. You're yeah, no, for yourself. real. This too shall pass. I'm I'm not gonna be stupid and waste more time on this shit. Sorry.
0: Well, I invite but. you to take the I'm not gonna be stupid out of the equation because it's not about being stupid, okay? Because it's normal. Well, what you're talking about is is normal. It's not stupid. Being hurt like, because somebody is saying no, you know, that's the impact of someone saying no, is that sometimes it feels personal, but it's not. It's not, I right, promise then it's I'm not. Like,
1: Oh, my God, you know, oh, yeah. So don't beat no, yourself is, up because it you feel hurt. it isn't personal because I've left people, you know, that I didn't want to work with, whatever. It hap- I did the same thing. Or whatever thing. it, it happened. Yeah. It's not
0: personal. He's looking for a cheaper price. Let him go. He can go to the ninety-nine cent store. Maybe they'll help him out.
1: Yeah, the ninety-nine. You know, I'm sure he can.
0: Store. Yeah, you know. God bless him. More power to him. And you know, the show is we're running out of time. So yeah, you know, feel free you. to call back next week at eight, and we can discuss it some more. But if you need support, you Hopefully can reach out by to me. Then, at, at,
1: it won't. It will won't be this anymore. <laughs> Well, hopefully you've let
0: it go. You've released it, hopefully, because oh, that's yeah. what there is to do: is to release it, to give it to, you know, give it to God. I don't know if you have any yeah. spiritual connection, but give it away. Absolutely. Meditate on it and, and burn a candle and give it away. This is not going to mess up your life anymore because it's it's not oh, okay. important enough.
1: He had to no, leave
0: to make room for the for the clients that are going to pay your price.
1: Yeah. Believe I'm it or not, sure. I've been I where can't. you're
0: at. And holding on to, to clients like this is in the way of you taking on the clients that will pay the price you set. Yeah. So Letting go. Yeah, I God. know.
1: I know. The, God bless it. The universe is abundant. Abundant. Yes. I'll never have to fear. And yes. just, I think if I look at it that way, that it's coming, I'll be fine and I won't miss Absolutely. too much. Absolutely. And I'm if glad you're in. It's all about the money. Well, it can help somebody. Maybe that's more in alignment with this
0: work too everything happens just as it should so you know be at peace and let it go you know download yeah, that amen. song from frozen and sing that to yourself as you do your housework let it go
1: yeah just let it, let it go, go baby okay
0: <laughs> okay i gotta okay. go over but i appreciate your calling in
1: thank you so I much appreciate it. And thank you
0: all righty Take care. Bye-bye now. Good night, everyone, and we'll see you next week.